Hey everybody. Hi there, welcome back to Planet and God. We are continuing our reading challenge through the Gospel of Matthew up until the new year. Yep, we're in chapter 13. Chapter 13. Well, let's dive in. All right. So the first thing I have to point out here is the first three words of chapter 13. That same day. I think it's so funny because I literally wrote in my notes that this was on the same day that Jesus was told that he was, you know, casting out demons yeah. through Beelzebub. Yeah, I wrote yes. the same thing. I'm like, noted. This yes. is the same day. <laughs> so that is super important to the context of this. So the same day as chapter 12, the same day that Jesus Claims to be Lord over the Sabbath, heals a man with I withered hand. I just think hand, it's so funny that we both are like, same day. Yep. And is rejected by the Pharisees. So we have the national rejection of Jesus. And so what's interesting to note is the same day Jesus' ministry changes. Right, it's like instantly. we're switching now to parables. Right. So because Jesus was rejected... Because the Jews committed the unforgivable sin, the offer of the kingdom is now off the table. The Jews, the offer of the right, Messianic kingdom. Right, because they completely rejected him. They completely rejected the Messiah, so now they are not. So Jesus' focus has shifted to the training. Gentile. Oh, I'm sorry, training his disciples. Yes, training the 12 for what's known as the mystery kingdom, which is our day and age of the church age. So he's now Yes, shifted. which Bill did a sermon, so it's probably up on um, Calvary's website, correct? Maybe. Um, if Bill didn't, I have a sermon I can do on it. Well, I'm just saying, if you're, if you're curious about more of that, I'm pretty sure that we have one on our website. If not, I can do a thing on this channel for the mystery kingdom of God, which is a really fascinating study in and of itself. Yes, it is. So, so just enter it. Just you need to know that as we go into this chapter that Jesus instantly changes that, that. Well, he changes how he teaches. He changes too. how he teaches. Yep. You even see that. I just want to jump down to verse 10, verse 10 we're going to go back. I'm sorry. I'm going to be jumping around a little bit here. But this is very important and key to understanding the parables. Verse 10, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Right. So he's still talking to the multitude. He's still talking to the multitude. But what's, what is seen here is that the disciples know that something has changed. They don't know why. Right. But they know, hey, There's wait. There's been a shift. There's been a shift. You used to speak clearly, and now you're not. Why? And so what's going to happen, what we'll see, is that Jesus, when he's in public, will speak in parables, and then in private, he will give the interpretation to the disciples only. Well, yeah, and I don't think he gives the interpretation to everything because I think some things the disciples understood right. in that time. So, I mean, most of the parables do have an explanation. Right, most of them do. But some there's of them some do that do not, yeah. Right, so that's very important. And so what I want to do real quick is to just give a, a quick 
high-level overview of what is a parable before we dig into the parables. Which, right, that's fine. Let's Yeah, so just some notes that I have. A parable is when you make an analogy from everyday life and experiences in order to make an ethical, moral, or spiritual point. Or I a, feel like it's just, it's an illustration. It is, it's an illustration. Yeah. There are four types of parables out there. You have a simile, which is like, I am sending you out among sheep, as sheep among wolves, right? You're similar to. There's metaphors, like when Jesus says, I am the door, or I am the bread, right? That's a metaphor. There's uh, similitudes, which is when you transfer events of everyday life to convey a truth. Say, like, the woman using leaven in her bread. That is a spiritual truth of leaven being sin. And leaven expands. If you let sin in your life, sin's going to expand. Right, it's an example. It's an example. Similitude. <clears throat> yeah. It's the official word. And then there's a story. Whether true or not, the story is used to convey a truth. The Good Samaritan being a good example of that. Yeah. Uh, and then there is, there, there is a difference, we have to know this, between a parable and an allegory. A parable is based on everyday life. An allegory is based upon fiction or things that aren't real. Right. I think with allegory, you can almost, you can place uh, thoughts and opinions that are not there within the context. Whereas with a parable, you cannot do that. Right. With an allegory, I can make the Bible say yellow dump truck. Yeah. My favorite example. Thank you, Bill, for that one. So I think that's a good... Yep. So he's, Jesus is going to use the parables to illustrate moral, ethical, spiritual truths. Like I said, uh, for most of the parables, when the disciples don't ex- understand them, he will explain it to them privately, not publicly. And then this is to hide the truth from the masses, which is, again, to fulfill a prophecy, which refers back to Isaiah chapter 6. Um, we see that in verse 14. So that's where we get into the parables. Again, this brings out the facets of the kingdom of God, ushering the, the mystery kingdom, if you will. Um, like I said, that's a whole video in and of itself. Yeah, gotta, if you guys are interested, like I said, um, why don't you guys make some comments um, and let us know, and then we can put something together. Yeah. I'd be very happy to put that together. I got my little PowerPoint slide deck and everything already done. So uh, where do you want to start? Let's get into the parables themselves if you... So the first one is the parable of the sower. I learned something new this time. I mean, it's it's new to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's probably been in the Bible for a long time because I just... When I read, sometimes I read over things. <laughs> uh, but this time it stood out to me, um, specifically with um, verse 19, I think it is. Uh, so we're going way down. Maybe should I not go that far down? No, no, you're good. Um, so verse 19 says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. So for a long time, you know, I was always reading this and, you know, thinking like, well, they hear it, they're believers. But 
to truly believe, you have to understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that stood out to me because then you go down further, verse 23. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands. Yeah. So those were, that was the only one where it said that um, they understood the word. Right. And so that stood out to me because I'm like, well, you can't, when you hear the word, if you don't understand it, you're not truly receiving the word. No. So it's only the good ground that truly hears the word and then understand. understands it and receives it fully. Right. Um, and then... I mean, kind of going to like your fruit as a, you know, a tree, you bear good fruit. Right. You're only going to bear good fruit if you're in that good soil or yeah. that good ground. Um, and so that just really stood out to me this time because the other ground, there was no understanding of the word. Right. Um, and so you can't be a believer and then be choked out, you know, the word right. choked out of you or whatever, or, or like the other seed they're, to me now, I see them as unbelievers. Yep. So that was just really eye-opening. This parable was eye-opening in that regard for me this yeah. time. Interesting. So what are your thoughts? Um, well, just that, again, this being Jesus the par using the parables to describe different aspects or parts of the mystery kingdom, the church age, um, I kind of have a one-sentence summary for all of these parables. So my one-sentence summary for the parable of the sower is this, that there will be a sowing of the gospel seed throughout this age, but it will be met with different forms of resistance and responses. And that's kind of what you're seeing there in the, in the responses. You'll have the responses of those that don't understand it and the response of those that do understand. And for those that don't understand, it's snatched away, it's devoured, it's scorched, it's choked out. Yeah. It's interesting to see the different responses, yeah. too. And you can see that in the world today. Right. It's totally, you know, it's totally visible within, yep. you know, different people and stuff, different churches. and so. so the next parable being that of the weeds or the tares, that I, I broke it down into Yours both says sections. Weeds and or mine does wheat. say weeds. Wheat? Mine says the wheat and the tares. Yeah, weeds and the tares. Weeds or tares. Wheat? What? Weeds or tares. Weeds and tares are the same word. Yeah, but mine says wheat and tares. Yeah, mine just says weeds. Oh, four tares. No. Yes, weeds, four tares. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were saying weeds and tares, and I'm no, like, it's weeds wheat. Weeds or tares. <laughs> yes, I know. It's the wheat and the weeds, or wheat and the tares. Mine says wheat and tares, okay. but it, I guess for understanding purposes, people would understand weeds more than tares. That's why you were, were reading different versions, right? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the parable of the tares or the weeds, uh, this is verses 23 through 30, and then Jesus will explain this in verses 36 through 43. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's Do you have any thoughts before I give my one sentence summary? Just to show, well, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but even the um, disciples needed extra teaching on the parables because yeah. um, I think within this one they were asking, yeah. I think even the first one they asked him to explain. They did. Um, and it makes me feel a little bit better because sometimes I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, the disciples didn't fully understand 
yeah. everything either, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so I liked that because that, you know, gives mm -hmm. me encouragement that I'm not totally, completely out there and lost. And then uh, within the wheat and the tares specifically, uh, it talks about uh, the sons of God, the sons of the wicked one, the reapers, yep. right? And explaining what each one is. And I thought that was kind of cool because it gave us a glimpse into some of the jobs that right. the angels have. I just thought that was cool. That is. That's, yeah, that's all my little notes are. Okay, so the uh, one sentence summary on how this relates to the church age or the mystery kingdom is that true sowing of the gospel will be met with a false counter sowing. So you really see that in the day and age. It started right when Jesus left the earth that this false counter sowing comes in. False I even think it was probably being returned. prepared even before, obviously. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. But um, yeah, you can totally see it. And there's that imitation. Right, the imitation gospel is mm -hmm. given uh, very, very often. Start that one. Okay, so the parable of the mustard seed. The parable of the mustard seed is the next one, verses 31 and 32. And what Jesus is conveying here is that the mustard tree will grow. The seed will grow into this huge tree, that tree being the church age, representative. I think of the we could age. probably even put a picture up of like what the mustard seed starts at, and, and then like yeah, what it grows. But what the point is, the one sentence summary is that this mystery kingdom will be huge and will house birds of resistance. So the birds are a common re reference to the devil and his workings. So what's happening here is that. We're going to have the church age, this big tree, and you're going to see false religions. Right, which within. we're in the church age right now. Right, and we see false religions all over the place. Right. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, you name it, cults all over the place that all claim Christendom, if you will. They claim to be part of the church Christ, you know, the church. But they're not. They're, they give a false gospel. Right, if it's not in the Bible... Right. That's if it doesn't meet the classic Christianity, First right. Corinthians 15. Go to the Bible. If you're questioning uh, it, go to the Bible. <laughs> right. If it doesn't match up with First Corinthians 15, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, was buried and rose again on the third day according to the Scripture. Right. I mean, there's if, your basic right. gospel, and that is the most important thing. And then there's other little things that aren't, you know. Right. But your core has to be there. Right. If you can't agree with classic Christianity there, then there's you are one of the birds and a false gospel, effectively. Um, so that's the mustard seed. And then that brings us to the parable of the leaven in verse 33. And that one referring to how the mystery kingdom will be marked by inward doctrinal corruption. Right, There will be leaven inside the church age that will bring about corruption as part of it. Yeah. I mean, what I love about it too is that Jesus is using more than one parable to explain these, you know, these things. Right. So like And we're not done. He's got more parables about the church age and as well. Yeah, what's also come. cool about these parables is they build on top of one another. Yeah. I mean, like, they all make sense individually, but they make so much more sense when you're like, um, okay, so anyway. Oh, yeah.
Then so we're then we're at verse 44. That's the parable of the hidden treasure. Well, we skipped you 36 through 43 explains the tares. Well, I didn't skip it. I did it earlier. Well, no, I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, like Jesus explains the tares to the disciples in verse 36. And then he goes. Well, on. yeah. And I kind of talked about that because that's where I was like, oh, I, it makes me feel better that they, you know, yeah. needed an explanation too. Right. I don't feel so bad. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, then the parable of the hidden treasure. The parable of the hidden treasure, verse 44. Um, essentially, God will gain a remnant of Israel who will believe in him, right? Treasure is always a referral to the people of Israel. So the fact that they're hidden means that, that they will be a remnant within the nation that will believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I... Um pulled more application out of it for this one, but I just think that there's so much joy in finding, right, it, a hidden treasure. So, like, how much joy that we have in finding Christ. Right. Didn't totally pull it out, but, you know. Yeah. I know, application. Yep. <laughs> um, then verse 45, the pearl, the parable of the pearl. Uh, commonly, pearls refer to the Gentiles, and if you go back through the Old Testament and you study what, you know, the Gentile nations are referred to, they're referred to as the sea or pearls sometimes. So the parable of the pearl referring to how God will gain a people of the Gentiles. So the church age is effectively going to be marked by Jews and Gentiles coming to faith in Jesus Christ, which is what we see uh, very often. And then the next one is the parable of, mine says the dragnet. Yeah, the net, the fisherman's net. Yeah. Uh, verses 47 through 50, uh, effectively telling us that the mystery kingdom will end in judgment of the Gentiles. Even the tares goes through a little bit of that when yep. it talks about, you know, the separating right. between the, separating tares, the, the wheat, wheat and the tares. tares. Yeah. Um, and this one kind of talks about that a little bit too. The just and the unjust are separated. Yep. And then the one that determines um, who is just is God. Right. So, because we're only just because of Jesus. And then that brings us uh, to the last parable in verses 51 and 52. The parable of the new and the old treasure that is effectively telling us that this mystery kingdom, the church age, will have similarity, similars, be similar to, and have differences from the other parts of God's kingdom program. So the other aspects of God's kingdom program, it'll be similar to other areas, but it'll also be different from it. And then we wrap up the chapter in verses 53 through 58. Um, this we get the final rejection of Jesus at Nazareth. Uh, again, what happens in Nazareth is kind of like a microchasm for what will happen to the nation as a whole. So the people at Nazareth are rejecting Jesus, which is just a reflection of how the nation will reject him when he's standing before the judgment seat at Pilate, in front of Pilate. Um, and we, we learn a lot about Jesus' family in these verses as well. We learn that his foster father, Joseph, is a carpenter. This is the first mention of that, that he's, he's a carpenter. We learn that his mother, Mary, had more children after Jesus. 
So if your religion states that Mary remained a virgin after Jesus, that's a lie. Sorry. It's clear right here that she had other children. She had Jesus has stepbrothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and he has sisters. We don't know how many. The, the Bible just says well, and more all than of one. his sisters. There's more than one, yeah. <laughs> and all of his sisters. It's plural. It's plural. <laughs> right. So uh, that that right there flies in the face of Mary being a perpetual virgin. Not what happened. Sorry. Read the text of Scripture. This is what actually happened. Um, and then the other takeaway from this is that uh, with the rejection of Jesus, now at the large scale, Jesus no longer does miracles at the large scale. He is going to require faith for miracles. So if, if Jesus is going to do miracles for you, it's going to be based on faith. And not faith in him as the son of David, faith in him as the Messiah in general. Right. Well, are we through like the end yeah. now? Oh, okay. So, I mean, I have like just a little final thought, I suppose. 57 uh, says, so they were offended at him. I find that just so crazy because they had already like seen his works and I guess my brain just doesn't fathom. Like, why would you be offended? He's healing people. He loves people. He's, yeah. you know, so I was a little, that's just crazy to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So that was that. And then I also, 58 says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And I just think of our time now and mighty works are not done. Yeah. Because I think there's just this lack of unbelief. There is. You know? Obviously, all this is within the will of God. And so, any mighty works we see are always within the will of God. But, like, there is a lack in our age of that right now. Yep. Because, like I said, I mean, we talked about this in some of the previous chapters, that even they knew, like, if somebody was demon-possessed, they knew that's what it was. Right. Nowadays, things are not like nobody thinks that. Yeah, <laughs> Except I'm for at Halloween, sure maybe. I'm pretty sure there are some people walking around there demon At Halloween, they're probably like, that person's... Yeah. But mostly, it's, it's not. It's, right. you know, it's something else. So, I don't know, I just found that, you know, mighty works aren't done because... There's no faith. There's no faith. Right, but that goes to show back to what I was saying. Not Jesus. faith in the act of the miracle. Faith in Jesus. Jesus, right. And that's really the truth of this. This right. is, you know, it's, you've got to have that faith. And that goes and back belief. to what I was saying, that Jesus will know, will now require faith in order for a miracle Not to be Not faith in the miracle, because I think that yeah, gets, you know. Does. Faith in him. Misused. who he is, right. <laughs> So it's faith in Jesus, not not in the miracle itself. Yep. You know, that has nothing to do with this. It's, it's right. I mean, it's Jesus. It is. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting, and I put that out there. Cool. But that's all I had for 13. Yeah, same here. Hi. She's up from her nap, so. All right, so we'll We're gonna wrap it up. see you in the next one. Chapter 13, 14, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Just chapter 14 in the next video. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye.